Welcome to the Life Podcast. We're so glad that you are joining us for another hope-filled message. And our prayer is that you are encouraged by this powerful Sunday sermon. Resurrection Sunday, anyone excited? Come on, today is the day that gives us the reason to have hope. Today is the day that is the pivotal moment in human history where God took the keys. Well, there's four people in the front row excited. It's Resurrection Sunday, team. Resurrection Sunday. You know what I love in the Easter story, uh, in the accounts, in the Gospels, I love the part where the curtain was ripped from top to bottom. And maybe you're new to church. Maybe you don't quite get the significance of that. So let me tell you why it's so significant that in Jesus' day, there was a temple, and the temple had an outer court, an inner court, and the Holy of Holies. And depending on who you were and what status you held and what function you held would determine whether you were just retained to the outer court. Then there were a few people that got to the inner court. And then there was one man once a year that went into the Holy of Holies. He was the high priest. And his job was to go into the Holy of Holies and give a sacrifice that would be on behalf of all the people so that they could believe to get forgiveness of sins. And it was such a big event that he was going into the very presence of God. Where the Holy of Holies was, was where the Ark of the Covenant was. And the Ark of the Covenant was where God himself presenced himself. So I want you to hear one man, once a year, could go through the curtain. Now that curtain was 60 feet high. For those of you who are not American, that's 20 meters high. It was four and a half inches thick. It was 12 centimeters thick. And one man once a year. Would go through the curtain. We could turn this down a bit. I feel like I'm yelling at myself. One man once a year would go through a curtain that was 20 meters high, 12 centimeters thick. It was such a special moment and they were so fearful of it that they would tie a rope around his waist just in case something happened because no one wanted to go into the very presence of God just in case they had something that couldn't live in there and they were struck dead. If he went in there and he died, no one would go in after him. They'd literally just pull him out by the rope. And the Bible says that when Jesus hung on that cross, And he said, it is finished. That that curtain, that temple curtain was ripped from top to, not from bottom to top. In fact, historians say it was so strong that even if you had horses pulling either side of it, it would not rip it open. But when Jesus paid the price on the cross, the Bible says that that temple curtain, that veil, that thing that would stop anyone going into the presence of God was ripped from top to bottom, signifying no longer one man once a year, but any person could walk into the very presence of God and experience who God is. Friend, I don't know about you, but I'm so grateful that the cross has the final say. I'm so grateful that it's no longer one man once a year, but we serve a God who says anyone, anyone through what Jesus did can come into the presence of God. And today, I don't know if you know God yourself or whether you've just come to church because it's Easter Sunday and someone dragged you along or 
Maybe you're someone who just comes to church at Easter time. You're so welcome. We're so grateful that you would spend your Easter Sunday morning with us. But we pray that it will be more than an hour and five minute service. But you would discover that there is a God who wants you in his very presence. That there is no longer a curtain holding and containing the presence of God. But any one of us through Jesus can become carriers of the presence of God. Father, today I pray for every person. I pray that we would walk out of here today with a fresh revelation that there is nothing that can hold your presence from us. That you are a God who invites us into relationship with you. That there is nothing unplanned, there is nothing unknown, there is nothing that has an impossible outcome that can restrict us from your presence. But through what Jesus did, We can know what it is to live in the presence of God. And everyone said, come on, can we give Jesus one huge, huge hand? He is worthy of all of our praise. Can we give these guys a huge, huge hand? Thank you for leading us in worship. I don't know whether you've ever witnessed something that seems impossible. I don't know whether you've ever... Uh, being face to face with something you're like, I never knew that would happen. Like, for instance, maybe the Warriors being number two on the table as we come into this weekend. <laughs> like, they're playing tonight. We're praying, Lord, let us get back to number two by the end of this weekend in Jesus' name. Amen. I've never, I don't know if you've ever faced anything impossible. I don't know if anything has ever gone not according to plan. Anyone a ducks in a row type person here? Come on, you like all your ducks in a row, you four people. That is statistically, some of you need to do a personality test because there'll be a lot more than four people in here who, uh, I've, I've been in many situations where it hasn't gone according to plan. When we had our first daughter, it was 22 years ago. My, my daughter turned 22 last week. I know, I don't look young enough. You should see my wife though. Uh, jokes, 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 jokes. She's not here and if anyone tells her TC, you'd... She looks like way too young to have a 22-year-old. When she was pregnant, we'd done all the research and all the learning, and and I knew that a pregnancy was 40 weeks, and we went to a Lamar's class, which is the breathing class, and if you are uh, having your first child here, go to the Lamar's class because you make great friends. That's about all you make because you forget everything you've learned. The minute that screaming happens and your hand gets twisted off, you forget everything. We, they taught us to have a focal point because focus on something. They taught us that. So we had a Mars bar as the focal point. I got real hungry and ate the focal point like it was gone. But, but the, the stuff like stuff just doesn't go to plan, right? When it comes to, to, so my wife gave birth at 30 weeks. Now I'm no expert in pregnancy, but that's three quarters cooked. I've seen a cake three quarters cooked. It's not done, not ready to come out of the oven. So Micah was two pounds, 12 ounces. I could take my wedding ring, put it over her foot, up to her knee, and we spent the next eight to 10 weeks in hospital because it wasn't planned. Can I tell you that Resurrection Sunday speaks to unplanned. You can still have faith and victory in the midst of unplanned. In the midst of unknown, you can still have faith and victory because it's not in circumstance. It's in what Jesus did on the cross. Let me, let, let's jump into a story here that talks about something really unplanned. The disciples give us a great picture of what it looks like to be 
thrown into something that is unplanned, unknown, and impossible. In Luke chapter 24, verse 1, it says this, But very early on Sunday morning, the woman, the women went to the tomb taking spices they had prepared. It was Jewish custom that once someone had died, after they died, you would go and anoint their body and their burial clothes. And this is what the women were going to do. They found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. So they went in, but they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. As they stood there puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them clothed in dazzling robes. The women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground. Then the men asked, why are you here among the dead looking for someone who is alive? He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Remember what he told you back in Galilee. Remember he told you about this, that the Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and that he would rise again on the third day. Then they remembered that he had said this. So they rushed back from the tomb to tell the other disciples and everyone else what had happened. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James and several other women who told the apostles what had happened. But the story sounded like nonsense to the men and they didn't believe it. Typical male response. (laughs) Wives don't nudge your husband. However, Peter jumped up and ran to the tomb to look, stopping He peered in and saw the empty linen wrappings. When he went home again, he wondered what had happened. Jesus, I pray that as we come around your word on Resurrection Sunday, that those of us who are facing things that are unplanned, those of us that are facing an unknown outcome, and those of us who just need a miracle because we're facing an impossible situation, that through your word and through your Holy Spirit, we would discover that we can have victory in all of those areas. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, it's easy to read scripture from our vantage point 2,000 years later. Will we get the full story? Will we get the outcome? But for the disciples here, they had just watched the one who they lived with be crucified and died. They were the ones that put him in the tomb. They were the ones that were there when he breathed his last. They were the ones that were there when the, the, the heavens went black and the, the earth shook when Jesus said, it is finished. And they were the next morning, they were on their way to the tomb to anoint his body with spices. They had a plan. They knew what was supposed to happen. They, they were very much in the known. And when they got to the tomb, they were shaken. And from our moment in history, Resurrection Sunday, excuse me, from our point in history, Resurrection Sunday is a place where we celebrate because we know the outcome, but they were in the middle of confusion. Here we read that Mary and her friends were puzzled, they were terrified, and they were confused. I wonder how many of us are at a point in our lives where we're puzzled. We don't know what's going on. We don't know what's happening. We, I don't know about you, but in 2021, in about April, when we were thrown into a lockdown, I was puzzled. When the next year we were thrown into another lockdown and it went for eight weeks or no, three months, I was really puzzled. And life can throw us things that are unplanned, that are unknown and even impossible. And the women who go to the tomb, they come back, they tell the men and classic response, nah, mate, I don't believe it, that's impossible. But after all the conversations that Jesus had, After all the pre-warnings, if you read the scriptures, he said, I must go. That there will come a point where I'm with you, 
now, but there will come a point where I will no longer be with you. He had told them, he had given them heads up, but in the midst of that moment, they forgot and went into panic. You ever notice that life can throw you into panic? You can have a deep faith. You can be in church for years. You can know the scriptures. You can have stuff. And, and you can be thrust into a moment where all that stuff kind of just leaves and you're just in panic. But they find themselves in a moment that is not going to plan, but they discover Jesus in the midst of that plan. Here's a question I have for us this morning. Can we live in victory? When things don't go to plan. Can we live from a place of victory when things don't go to plan? Let's be encouraged by George's story. The plan was, I came to New Zealand, uh, I find a job, and in a couple of months, I bring my family. Two weeks later, the pandemic starts. The, the first lockdown starts. And... I was alone here. My wife was in Colombia. I, I started feeling anxious for the first time in my life. It was, was a, a, a horrible feeling because you don't have the control. But at the same time, understand that God was in control. And God gave me this promise. If I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. I think, okay, if your heart is with me, it's all that I need. So I still believe in, we talk and we pray with, with my wife every day. And finally, one by one, doors open in every, every aspect of my life, my, my work, my, my visa, every detail, God opened a door for us. And finally, at the end of the last year, my wife got the visa to come to New Zealand. We were so happy. God is so good. God is amazing. <laughs> when I see my, my wife coming in the airport, I say, yes, finding together after three years. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. God has been so incredible at this time. When I look back and, and see how God moves in every detail of of this time, uh, I can see the goodness of God. I am so happy. I can express how happy I am. <laughs> Georges and his wife are here. They'll be signing autographs out on the table out later on. You know, every time I saw Georges when I was out here during that three years, you may notice him because he's normally up here. You play bass, right? Is it bass you play? Guitar. Guitar. Same, same. I'm not a musician. Same, same. He'd be up here in the midst of unplanned, leading us into worship. In the midst of the unplanned, worshiping himself. And the times that he and I got to chat, he would be talking about how God's going to make a way. And was it all easy? Was it all faith-filled? I'm sure not. I'm sure there were some dark days. I'm sure there were some challenging days. But can I tell you, his faith was not in an outcome. His faith was in a person. And that person was Jesus. That even when I can't see it, I can have victory in the unplanned. You see, for the disciples, Jesus was their everything. If they had a problem, ask Jesus. If they couldn't work out why prayers didn't work, ask Jesus. 
if they had squabbles amongst themselves, which there was a lot of, Jesus would figure it out. He was the plan for Jesus not to be there from the disciples' point of view was not in the script. But they find themselves without Jesus. Can I contend that God was in the plan? They just had to discover God in the midst of the unknown. Acts chapter 2, verse 22 to 24, Peter speaking. People of Israel, listen. God publicly endorsed Jesus the Nazarene by doing powerful miracles, wonders, and signs through him, as you well know. But God knew what would happen. And his, his, and his prearranged plan was carried out when Jesus was, was betrayed. With the help of the lawless Gentiles, you nailed him to the cross and you killed him. Listen, verse 24. But God released him from the horror of death and raised him back to life. For death could not keep his grip. In the midst of the unplanned, God did something. You know what I'm loving is watching our founding pastor. For those of you who don't know, our founding pastor is 16 months into a terminal diagnosis of melanoma cancer. And from day one, that wasn't planned. From day one, that wasn't part of that. He just handed over his 30 years of life work here at Life to a new senior pastor, which is his son, and he's doing a phenomenal job. But the plan was not for him to battle cancer as he hand over. But can I tell you, from day one, Pastor Paul has stood up and declared, this may not be my plan, but I'm going to discover what God is doing within this, and we're going to get on board with this. Can I tell you, whatever it is that you're facing, God is in it, and he's going to do something. Now listen, be very clear, he's not the author of it. God does not give cancer. God does not create chaos. But my Bible says in Romans that God will bring good out of all things for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. You know, when Micah was in hospital, she had a pediatrician and her name was Janine. And we met Janine the first day we walked in and uh, we started talking about just medical stuff. And uh, if you're in the medical industry here, we appreciate you. We love, can we put our hands together for every nurse, every doctor, every ambulance driver, every physical therapist? If you're in the medical, we love you. But can you do us a favor and stop giving us worst case scenario all the time? Like every time we talk to Janine, this baby's going to have a problem with her heart and she may have a problem with her eyes and she may have problems with her brain and she may have problems with... Uh, all sorts of things, and praise God, she didn't have any of those. But over the next eight weeks, we got to know Janine. And it went from just medical conversations to I'd walk in and say, Hey, Janine, how are you doing today? Oh, rough, rough night last night. Okay, cool. Janine didn't know what I did for a job. And over conversation after conversation, she led us into her world a little bit. I love the fact that We've got our youth pastor praying over young people at a pack and save. Because here's the deal. Bringing Jesus to people is not the job of someone with a microphone. It's a Christian thing that we would allow what God has done in us to permeate everywhere we go. When you go to work, allow him out. When you go to college, allow him out. Just say, God, I want whatever you've done in me to come through me. So Janine, we'd sit down and... We discovered that Janine was having some real challenges with her partner and 
one Thursday, I think it was, her partner came in for lunch and we were sitting there having lunch with Janine and her partner joined us and we started talking to the partner. You know, we had a captive audience every week for the next nine weeks where we'd sit there and talk to Janine and her partner and the conversation became less and less about Micah's medical journey and more and more about what God wanted to do in their world. Fast forward, Micah gets out of hospital. We're on stage dedicating Micah and the two people beside us are Janine and her partner dedicating Micah. Did they... Did they give their life to Christ? I don't know. But all I know is that in the midst of our unplanned, God wanted to do something. Can I encourage you? You may be in the midst of an unplanned moment. God wants to do something in that moment. And God wants to use you in that moment to bring the reality of a resurrected Savior to whatever it is. Because here's the deal. God is not just in the unplanned moments, but God is in the unknown moments. We find in the account in the book of John that Mary utters these words to Jesus, utters these words just after she arrives to the tomb. Where have they taken him? You ever faced something that you don't have the answer for? See, Jesus was supposed to be there. Maybe you're facing something in your journey that wasn't supposed to go like this. I never, I never thought that I would face this or go through this or journey through this. Can I tell you that even when things are unknown, we can have victory in the unknown. Let's have a listen to Geneva's story. So according to my parents, um, I could sing and hum tunes before I could speak. Ever since then, um, I've just always had, I guess, a love for music and for worship. My family actually has a history of thyroid goiters, which is like a growth um, of your thyroid where it basically just does its own thing and it starts to grow. I remember just like over time, my neck was just getting bigger and bigger. That's the only way I can really describe it. And my energy was going further and further down. Fast forward to 2022, um, I'm sitting in the room with a surgeon and she says, I think it's time that we take it out after we've done some scans. Um, your thyroid's meant to be like about one centimeter. Mine had grown to about 10 centimeters. There is um, risk of things not going the way that we want them to go because they knew that I was also a singer and they knew that there was a risk if they were to remove my thyroid that um, they could do some damage. And so I was aware of that. I had had those conversations with God and I had talked to him about Look, God, if, if they don't come out of the surgery with my voice, then I'm trusting you with that. Went into the surgery um, and then came out of the surgery. The surgeon ended up coming in and just saying to me, hey, I'm, I'm really sorry, but I actually um, did some damage to your laryngeal nerve. He said to me, look, I don't know the outcome of what this might look like for you, uh, but it could be a matter of six weeks to six months or a matter of never getting better. Yeah, in those unknown days afterwards, I remember expressing my freaking out uh, to people around me and my mum specifically, she's amazing. And she would just declare by faith things over me. And um, that was a really important part for me as well. Cause by that time, you know, you're recovering physically from a surgery, but it took me putting my hand up basically and saying, I need help and I need, I need your faith to help my faith so I can do this. 
now that I look back, it was almost like a testing. And yeah, in that process, I just was like, okay, God, wow, as I said to you before, it still remains. Like, if this is what you have for me and it looks like my life looks different from now on, it's a different expression of um, what you've called me to, it doesn't change the fact that I love you and that I'm a worshiper first. At the center of God's will is where, is like, is, it's the perfect place to be. And in the unknown, I can admit I don't know, but He knows. I remember being able to worship lead for the first time again and standing there in God's victory and realizing what He had done for me. And it wasn't about the outcome, it was always about and always has been about who He is in my life. This is my scar, and this is a daily reminder of what God has done for me, that He truly has a master plan, that even in the unknown, that I can trust that He is good and that He is faithful. Yeah, come on, let's give Geneva a huge hand. I think we live in a time where we're bombarded with so much information that we can figure out just about anything. And we are, when we are faced with something that we cannot know the outcome of, so many people, the very foundation of their life as well. I have a friend of mine, his name is Phil, and Phil has motor neurons disease. He used to be on staff here, and Phil was given three years to live, and I think that was about seven and a half years ago. And I was talking to Phil just a couple of weeks ago, and... Phil is amazing at how he is approaching this. He says, Scott, I still believe I wasn't given a terminal sentence, but I was given a passport that would get me into people's worlds of other people who are facing this disease where I can bring the light of Jesus into their world. And the amount of people Phil has introduced to Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior because they're at treatment together and they're at whatever medical uh, uh, uh facility together that he gets a chance to allow himself to be a conduit and he says this he said if I go home to be with the Lord then I'll be ultimately healed if I'm left here then I get to bring the good news of Jesus Christ into people's worlds sounds like the apostle Paul what he says in the book of Acts he said if they kill me I win because I go home to be with the father if I if I stay here, then I win because I get to preach the gospel to people and bring good news to people. Can I tell you that when your hope in the unknown is not attached to an outcome, but is it attached to a risen Savior who can bring life and light to wherever you go, then you can live in victory in not just the unplanned, but in the unknown. You know, when Jesus was raised from the dead on the third day, it wasn't just shocking, it was impossible. Who can bring life to a lifeless body? And I don't know what you're facing today. I wonder whether you're facing an impossible situation where it looks like you're holding something, a dream, a hope, a something that has no life to it. Can we live in victory in not just the unplanned and not just the unknown, but in the impossible? When we face something that is impossible, can we live in victory? Let's be encouraged by Craig's story. Check this out. So my first meeting with the specialist was uh, on a Friday. She sat there and she said, I'm really sorry to tell you this. You've got pancreatic cancer. 
and it spread to your kidneys and your lung. They did some more tests, and then they said, oh, we've got it wrong. It's not pancreatic cancer, it's actually melanoma cancer. And we can offer you some treatment, but you are still going to die. The tumour had grown so large that it, there was a bulge in my side. And when I saw the surgeon, he said, if you don't have the surgery, you've got about two months to live. If you do have the surgery, you could live for up to two years. All the hope was gone. You know, in the physical sense, there was no hope. It was finished. It was over. There was a, a time when I was praying, you know, just saying, God, what, what's the point of all this? You know, why, why is this happening? But I just felt like God said to me, you will not die. And it, it was really hard because it's like, but all the evidence says I will die. There was a real battle of faith as to, okay, I believe you've told me that, but at the same time, it's the, the evidence is not there. So that, that was a real struggle for me. So I went and had the surgery and I woke up from the surgery, which was fantastic. And they said it went better than they expected and they got more out than they expected. I was feeling a lot better. And he said that the thing is that the treatment we've given you doesn't make you feel better. And he looked at his computer and he's like, hmm, that's interesting. And I'm like, interesting, good, I hope. And he's like, well, I, I can't explain your results. He said they're, they're quite miraculous, was the word he used. And he said, well, there's been no regrowth, there's no new cancer. The only thing is something on your lung and we don't know whether that's cancer or just scar tissue from the tumour, but it's not growing and we're basically not worried about it. We'll keep an eye on it, but we're gonna stop your treatment permanently. I'm afraid you'll have to go back to work and plan for your retirement. The big thing that I've learnt out of the journey that I've been through. You know, Jesus once said to his disciples, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can move a mountain. It's not about us, it's all about God. And just with a word, yes, God, then it allows him to move. There's so many times just in this journey where I was told it's not possible. It really just comes down to, you know, trusting God and realising that He's got a plan even when we don't understand it. Come on, can we stand to our feet and can we give God praise for all three of those stories? God is doing something in that. Come on, let's praise Him. He is worthy of praise. The risen Saviour. Stay standing. I don't know where the South is, the most spiritual campus, because there's two out of three of those stories. Are... Listen, he's risen. In the unplanned, we have a risen Savior. In the unknown, we have a risen Savior. In the impossible, we have a risen Savior. Now, when Jesus was on the cross, he hung there and he said, it is finished. Here's a question. Are you fighting for victory 
or are you fighting from victory? Because when I fight for victory, it's on me. It's on my ability. It's on my strength. It's on what I can do in the moment. When I fight from victory, I realize I may have to face some stuff, but my Savior is risen and He's already been. I may have to face some stuff, but He has declared it is finished. And today, friend, whatever it is you're facing in the unplanned, in the unknown, in the impossible, He speaks over your life and says, it is finished. You may have to journey. You may have to go through. You may have to traverse some things, but your Savior is right there with you. Your Savior is for you on Resurrection Sunday. You are not journeying alone, but He is with you. And we are a church that believes the cross has the final say. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I trust you're encouraged by this incredibly powerful word. You know, you've always got a place to call home here at Life, and I want to encourage you to join us in one of our campuses in Auckland or Tauranga, or why don't you join us at Church Online. To find out more about life and to stay connected with us, why don't you visit lifenz.org.